There's trouble brewing out in front of the saloon. Hey, they're gonna fight me, Jill. Look at them. They're about to draw. I fired point blank. Watch this. Welcome to Good Anime Spotlight. It's me and Ethan and Jay and the producer and you fancy listeners here to listen to us talk about Hajime no Ippo, the fighting, rising. The rising. <laughs> I, no, there's three colons the fighting in it. and then rising. It's not the rising. The rising okay? revengeance. Listen here, the revengeance <laughs> of the revindicators. Hajime's The worst thing about crisis. this show is 100% its god-awful title. Hajime no Ippo it in the really existential crisis. Thank title. God the anime has stopped doing this shit. What, what, if, the, what if the Dempsey role is just, just a metaphor for me? What does that even mean, Hajime? What if it is? What if it is? That's what happens What if it's a CT. metaphor for fighting in CT. the rising? <laughs> How are you going to rise up if you don't fight? Can't gamers, you know? rise up. Let's band together behind Hajime and his CTE. Fuck uh. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we'll just jump into it as we do in this wonderful vacation of ours. And uh, would you, would you, what did you think, Ethan? Because we know what Jay thinks. What is your take? Uh, yeah, I mean, JW's not a big fan of this show. No, oh. I'm not sure. I don't think, think that it's really just the greatest sports anime of all time and way okay. better than. Uh, the other stupid one we watched, what was it? I- initial initial D. D. It's way better than Initial it's D. It's definitely much better than Initial D. Well, yeah, no one's arguing that. I can't believe you're arguing that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I obviously really enjoyed this. Um, I feel like I you're think just creating a it. straw man, you know? Like someone out there thinks Initial D is better than this, and you're attacking no, Good them. idea, good idea. Yeah, th- this I is feel like I could do some more of, of that. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been very partial to scarecrows. I don't know why. Mm. Or shit, it's always straw man. I call it scarecrow, but I mean, I feel like, you know, cut from the same straw or whatever. Hey, yo. So, yeah. He's outstanding this field or whatever. I get you. uh, This show was great. Um, I only went to episode 13, which is probably blasphemy, Um, but it was very good. It's definitely, I'm trying to think of another sports anime that even comes close. Um, I mean, Initial D was quality, but, like, Initial D still suffers from the thing that, like, anime does, which is just the dialogue is kind of rough, like, 30 at least percent of the time. Yeah. Um, whereas Hajime didn't really have that problem. Uh, it did get, like, a little weird on dialogue occasionally, but uh, I always have to, you know, lean away from complaining about that when it's, like, 10%, because I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's just, like, a weird, you know, it's, it's kind translation of like a, thing. It's kind of like a JoJo thing. You know what I mean? What? Like, at the end of the day, you're here for, like, dialogue that every once in a while feels like it was Google translated. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly my point. Like, y- you have to just take that in stride on some level. Um, that said, though, no. I mean, this was a lot of fun to watch. I think it got much better for me when uh, JW sent a message saying, I'll give you, like, a crisp high five if you can tell me what each style, like, who each style is based on. At which point I realized that he meant these styles were real styles that did exist and people used them in boxing yeah. and I had to go, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> they're, they're dialed up to 11, but all the moves are yeah, real, yeah. all the strategies are real, all the kind of like fundamental interactions between like 
you know, individual techniques is real. It's all a thing. That makes it so much better. Um, I, you can tell that I've learned to completely distrust anime because exactly. as soon as like, uh, I, I think the first one we see is the Dempsey roll. Is it not like the first like yeah. signature move? Okay. So like we see the Dempsey roll and I was watching this and I was like, Dude, what the fuck am I looking at? And I, it's because I just immediately assumed that they took a sport and they had just enough about it to like be able to be dangerous. And then they just started absolutely abusing it to make it seem cool. So that way anime watchers would actually bother watching it. And the actual version of that is, no, these were very real. But yes, it's animation, so we get to have fun with these things, which is cool. That's like a good application of the medium. That's fun, like fun and also informative. Like, you know, the Dempsey roll does obviously look silly. And so does like a lot of these moves, you know, like Jay said, they're dialed up to 11. But like, it is still something that I can understand why it's effective because he is building momentum by having this rhythm. I can appreciate that he is dodging out from or dodging in and out of someone's blind spot by doing this because you can like literally see it happen. Um, It's also like uh, there's, there's a lot of like pauses for the characters to think before they get hit or something like that. And again, this is a moment where anime has taught me to completely distrust how you handle a fight because you end up ruining it with these long monologues in the middle of like someone punching, you know, a thing Mm. that takes like, Probably less than half a second. Like a a punch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a punch is fast. That's the point of a punch. So, you know, you 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 don't trust anime as a medium to deliver on these moments because uh you've been betrayed so many times. And this one does deliver on those moments. And often having someone uh having like a, a dialogue or a voiceover is actually relatively helpful. Um sometimes it can go a little overdone, but that's fine. Like it is still ultimately like an animated show that you know, they don't know who's watching, right? So I, I can, I can handle that. That doesn't really bother me. Um, but yeah, this is, it's, it's great. Um, it's, it's really good. I, I still don't think sports anime is for me, and now I can definitively say that because if I'm not really wanting to watch 13 more episodes of Hajime Nuipo, then there's no sports anime that can save me. Um, that said, though, I did really have a good time. I I I had a I had a blast watching this, particularly the uh, the Aoki fight, which producer yeah. just shared. Another it's one so of the reasons. Funny. Yeah, another one of the reasons why I chose this particular like, I, I would say series because the reason they have all these stupid ass colons in their name is because Hajime has no permanent you know adaptation. No one has ever sat down and just said, okay, I'm gonna be like One Piece and I'm gonna make this shit every week till the end of fucking time. When they could. Yeah. But so what happens instead is like every, and I mean like five, 10 years, people will just take a particular run, like a particular set of fights and just be like, I'm going to animate these and that's it. So this one did a really great job of picking a bunch of different kinds of fights. Cool. Rather than just being Epo fighting people over and over again. And, And it's the reason I picked this one over the earlier one, because the earlier one and I think there's even an earlier one after that. Nobody wants to see like the bullshit where he joins a boxing gym and learns how to jab. No, dude, it's this was so much stupid. better not having to worry yeah, about that. He yeah. just already was good. <laughs> like he he I, already was good. Really good. And at the end of the day, like you can watch it. You can be like, look, I don't have to care about how he learned how to do like all these moves. No, because everyone he fights has like a little cavalcade of moves that I kind of know and understand. You know, like that's that's half of the fight. 
just watching them do their thing and they'd be like, oh, he's going to he's going to do that thing. What am I going to do about it? Well, I can do this or this and shit like that. It definitely and it's just not fun a... when it's when there's only one move because no, that's what it feels I, like in the early ones. I, I, I'm so glad you picked this then because I, I guess I assumed it would be what you just described where it was all one fighter because it's fucking called Hajime no Ippo. Um, and this is so much more fun because of it. And I, you know what? I'll tell you this. I know I just finished saying that I probably wouldn't go back and watch this, but maybe I will. I like seeing the Aoki fight. I, I actually, is that how you say his name? I have no idea. I respect this media or not medium. I respect the show. So I'm trying to do it right. Does anyone know? What? His what name. Are you trying to say? Is it his Ipo. name? No, 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 no. Um, His buddy, uh, A-O-K-I. A-O-K-I? I don't know. Uh, okay, I, 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 I am trying like, to do I, respect We could butcher Aoki. it, but like, it's, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I'm just going to say A-O-K-I. I don't care. Okay, cool. Whatever. I Normally, I don't <coughs> give a fuck because I don't respect this, but I do respect the show, so I'm trying to do it right. It's fine. But anyway, so fine. Aoki, right? I loved that fight, and now that I see it being replayed here in Discord, if there are any more moments like this, I just want to go see them. It was so fucking fun. Um, yeah. And what I'm referencing, for those of you who haven't seen it, I mean, first off, go watch it. But, like, Aoki is, like, this goofy fighter who definitely makes up for, like, the raw talent that other people have by being, like, extremely unconventional. Um, and then the fight that he has, he literally just, like, doesn't move for a moment and then slowly turns his head to the right as if he sees something to his right. And his, like, very orthodox opponent is tempted to look with him because that's just, like, a thing humans do. Like, if you see someone, like, gaze off behind you, you're like, fuck, dude, is there something behind me? Yeah. And, like, it works, like, two or three times. And, well, actually, I think it works twice. The second time it doesn't... Or, no, the third the time third it doesn't time work. The third time it doesn't quite work. But, and that's but it fine. Is like, it's cool. The, the second... It, it's, again, like, one of the th- real strengths of this is actually that it's genuinely funny. Yeah. And the person who wrote it clearly went outside because these are only things that you can write if you're not trying to write like a trope. Like uh, <laughs> a, normally with sports anime, the shit where they're like interacting with each other is the worst garbage. Uh, but this yeah. is some of the funner stuff because they all actually behave like minorly reformed hooligans with virtually no <laughs> sense of right and wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just constantly fucking with each other. And it's actually really kind of actually fun to watch oh, and Aoki so cool. is, is perfect because he's everyone makes fun of him for being a shit boxer in the club that he trains at and they're all making fun of him they support him at the end of the day but they're making they fun of him that he do. only has these dumbass tricks yep but secretly <laughs> when he's in the ring and he's fighting everyone up in the stands who's with him is like oh my god i fall for that every time yeah. like like he does it like he literally practices it he practices the look away where yeah. in the middle of the fight he acts like somebody's stopping the fight or something and he just looks over, and no matter what, like you're just conditioned to look to see yep. whether or not you're going to break a rule or something. Yep. And then when you look away, he hits you in the face. <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> it's oh, absolute man. bullshit. And it, it's also one of those things that there, there are. Uh, there's another character that we haven't talked about yet, who's like a real piece of shit, like through and through, like almost serial cover, uh, serial killer oh, yeah, level Takamura. piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, and like. He gets like lambasted by the crowd appropriately so because the dude's like pretty openly, you know, cheating. Whereas like no one yells at Aoki for this because it's just so fucking funny. Like even the like the announcers are like, uh, he's looking to his right. And then <laughs> the other guy, like the challenger or whatever, just like falls back and is like clearly he's been hit. 
and the announcers are like, I didn't even see it. It was too yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah, the, the announcers can't admit that they also looked away. Yeah. Oh, and, and in, in like... the gift that we got, like the entire fucking crowd looks. Oh, it doesn't yeah. even make sense for them to look, but they do it anyway. It's so yeah, good. Like, it's oh, so good. shit. We're going to look. The comedic, the comedic <laughs> timing on that is absolutely wonderful. Oh, man. And also, like, the third time he's going for the, uh, his, he does the look away. And um, the his challenge, the Orthodox guy, does not look away, but like is very paused because he's like just desperately focused on like staying focused on the uh, uh, Aoki in front of him. But they they just cut away to showing Aoki creeping up very close in front of the guy to <laughs> yeah, hit him. You see what he does. <laughs> it's, but it's like the, the whole time, shit. Aoki's head is to the right, so he doesn't see it. It's so fucking funny. I just I I don't know the the, the Aoki fight was like by far the most fun I had in this, but like every fight was fun. Like even, um, Hajime Nuipo, um, fight, I get Hajime, um, fighting the like real piece of shit, dude. I mean, it was suspenseful. Like, you know, Hajime is going to win. Um, and, but they, they set up the fight so well that like, uh, first off you hate the other character so much that like, it kind of just doesn't matter. Um, and then on top of it, they set up like, a like a Chekhov's gun where, he finds this new technique and he's going to get hurt if he uses it too many times. And he's explicitly told like twice, dude, like otherwise you're going to really get hurt. And for most of the fight, and th this is true for so many of these fights, most of this fight, you don't see him use his technique. Like he's trying yeah. to do it without it because he knows if he uses the Dempsey roll against this guy, um, this piece of shit guy, I, shit, what was his name again? I, T Tamakazu, was that it? Sawamura? No, uh, Sawamura. I was reading the, the voice actor's name. It's not the right guy anyway, but Sawamura. So he goes to fight um, Sawamura, who's like an amazing counterpunch specialist, right? And that's the perfect thing to beat the Dempsey role because the Dempsey role, you have to find a rhythm. Um, so he's trying to avoid using the Dempsey role for very obvious reasons. Um, and in the process of avoiding it, you're like, you almost forget that the Dempsey rolls an option. And then you kind of forget that like, you know, Sara Mora um, would be really good at beating the Dempsey roll. And then you really, really, really forget that he has the counter to the counter for the Dempsey roll. Like he has it in his back pocket. So finally, when it comes up, it's like, it's this hype thing where you're, you're brought back into the fold um, where like you're, you're told by the show, Hey, remember that time when we set this up like an episode ago and it was a big deal. It still is. Just get on board. Enjoy this ride with me. And it's great. I, mm -hmm. I, I think this is the longest rant I've had about an anime oh, yeah, in like a yeah. long time, in a positive way, in a long time. Yeah. I mean, this, this show's great. Now, what if I told you that Aoki was also based on a real boxer? Yeah, I was. I wanted to know who it was, and you've posted some gifts, and these are fucking motherfucker. Crazy, man. Actually, hits him with the double punch. The double punch. My I saw God. that. I'm like, that's nothing. No <laughs> that one does stupid this. Stupid as fuck. <laughs> it's and so he, dumb. Real man does it. I, I'm gonna figure out his name here in a second. It, Two it, punches are always better than one. That's what I'm learning here. That's what I. Yeah. I mean, who needs to pivot from the hips? You know, Just Emmanuel <laughs> Augustus, also called it. the Drunken Master. Hey, and the he, drunken he master, looks, Jackie Chan. Known for looks fighting like, like he's dancing slash stumbling around like an idiot. And he would win. Good. He would fucking win quite a bit. I believe this guy actually, I think I think it was this guy or it might have been another guy, but gave uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. a genuinely hard time. Wow, that's that's 
I mean, even I know that name. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, this is so cool, man. I it, again, this show. It's it is a shame that anime has done what it's done to sports anime, um, because I couldn't just trust implicitly that they weren't lying to me. Um, mm-hmm. I just th- assumed they were lying to me, uh, and I'm so glad you told me that. Like, I almost want something at the begin. I mean, I don't. This would actually be really bad. Um, this is more uh, a critique of anime, but like, if if they put at the beginning of the show, uh, by the way, this is actually based on like real shit, you know. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want that to happen, but, like, it is a shame that we're at that position in anime where I need a spoiler tag on it to just be like, oh, by the way, we didn't really tune this up that much. This is hype. This is how cool it could be in real life. If this you is how this cool sport. boxing is. Yeah. I mean, this is what you've been, like, ranting about for years now is sports are fun to watch. So how is it you're making it not fun to watch them, anime? Yeah, yeah. It's, why it's why don't strange. you have confidence in the thing you're adapting to be cool? Like, you don't have to make any changes. This shit is that silly sometimes. There is a guy who fucking won a bunch of fights and almost fucking beat, gave Floyd Mayweather Jr. his only loss doing dumb shit like dancing like a drunken asshole and throwing a double punch. So cool. now the frog punch and the look away are not real, but like oh, they fit, man. they fit perfectly in with this man. They do. I, I'm, I did not, I was really hoping they were real, but no, that's okay. the look it away really... is not real there. I could show you goofy. a gif of somebody who genuinely thought the fight was over and turned around to walk away and then got brutally knocked out. But Jesus. nobody considers that a funny little bit. <laughs> no. And to be fair, he almost uh, died. <laughs> I, I also don't know how a look away would functionally work in a real fight because like that is something that this anime definitely yeah. plays up is that like the pauses that happen in fights. No, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> no, I, that's no, not how that no, works. No. And, and again, like if it works, like you basically convinced a person to think that like the fight was stopped. Yeah. Oh, oh man, that ain't, that stops being funny real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm watching more of these gifts. The of, dancing uh, man, of the dancing. Whatever, not Emmanuel. <laughs> shit, whatever his Augustus. last name was. Thank you. This is fucking cool, dude. I love the footwork. This is so much fun. I mean, I will never move to like learn how to box. It's just not a thing I would do. But yeah. like, this is the kind of shit that I would at least try once to be like, well, if you just put your opponent so off kilter of what boxing is supposed to look like, then like, yeah, I mean, maybe you'll just win when you shouldn't. Yeah. It's 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 just that the other person has no idea what the fuck is going on, and they're like, um, okay, should I hit? What's he doing? <laughs> yeah, no, that that's the whole game plan. So I, oh, I played man. it a little bit with Mike beforehand, Ethan. So he yeah. he can't guess this one. But who do you think is the real boxer that Epo is based on? And man, I'll give I... you a, a super easy hint. He is okay. easily one of the most famous boxers of all time. You one hundred percent know who it is. And you 100%, if you think about it, or at least when you hear when I say it, are going to be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I I am going to disappoint you. I don't know anything about boxing. You're right. I probably no, no, no. know the you name. You know this but... person, yeah. So is it any of the – I don't think – I think we answered this already. It's none of the names that were in Bacano, right? <clears throat> no, it is not. Uh, in Bacano, he only referenced old prize fighters. And he did say Jack Dempsey, and I will tell you that – the real boxer that you 100% know 
mm-hmm. uh, did base his style a little bit on Jack Dempsey, but he added some extra things. And Epo expressly does and learns those extra things. They even oh, so say cool. the name of the guard and the style as it's actually called outside of the Dempsey role as the peekaboo style. And you've probably heard that before if you can't quite place it. Okay, am I allowed to look up like most famous boxers just so I can have if a name? If you Google so Peekaboo style, that name is coming no, 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 up instantly. Can I, no, no, can no. I just, just Google just most famous boxers? Boxer I don't know boxers. Of, just list off easy, like the most famous boxers you can think of right now. Like number one. Muhammad Ali. He's in the show, but it's not Epo. Okay, cool, cool. Um, Mike Tyson. That's him. You got to the second Wait, try. holy shit, really? Okay, It's Mike well. Tyson. Epo fights exactly like Mike Tyson. I mean, that totally lines... I've never, for the record, I've never seen Mike Tyson do the role thing. I, I've well, not watched it have, up, but I know he hits like You don't think badass. of it like that. Because okay, what fair. Mike Tyson does is he does the weave, the little okay. gift that you're watching. He does the pendulum thing where he like goes side to side really, really quickly with his head, almost yeah. like a figure eight. He yep. gets in past a couple of jabs, and then he throws nonstop hooks to the sides of your body and head over and over again until you fall down while yeah, running I, forward. I knew that he was like a an extremely aggressive attacking kind of boxer. Um, that's like all I really know. I've also seen him do like in old age his uh, – his like yeah, dodging, his training. Um, yeah. yeah the do- and I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? This man's like sixty five. Yeah, the exactly. Guy. Well, he's on the roids to to like he's juiced up like a fucking stallion. But whatever, it still couldn't make him fight too good at sixty five. Either way, though, well, I'm just yeah, saying that's it's an the impressive whole deal. Thing to, oh, it I mean, absolutely is. Wow. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, you know, this is an audio podcast. Yes, producer. But I would encourage the people listening, if you don't know, like these fighting styles, just like either go watch the anime or just like look some of these people up because it's I don't know. It's illuminating. You're right. I can see the weave at least a little bit, I guess, here. Uh, it's like, hard he definitely... to tell from a distance. And but like if you would. And, and it's again, it's exaggerated. He's got like the a shimmy. Of... Yeah, but he comes in like that. Yeah, you can see yeah. it honestly even more so. Like when he's not already in like the go, yeah. uh, you know the the role I guess you would call it. Um, yeah. The the basic premise like you will see him do the pendulum thing, just just at range, just wow. in the middle of nowhere, like for no reason. That's crazy. I um again, there this is. is just one of those things. And you know what? This is what anime sports or sports anime should do is that it should kind of give you some kind of education on the topic. And like, now that I'm looking for it, I can see his shoulders do a shimmy thing as he's moving in in this gift. And that's, I'm not saying that is it because I don't know that for sure, but that's what I would guess it is. That's it. He's part of it. Okay. That is it. Wow. Crazy. Fucking wild. Oh shit. Yeah, man. There are more gifts. Thank you, producer. Yeah. Again, I would encourage everyone to go watch it along with like some fights. This is, this is cool. Like it, I do feel like I have learned, um, like genuinely learned how to watch this at least. Jesus, fuck, that guy got knocked out. Yeah, anyway, he's uh, dead. What the <laughs> well, fuck? AKA the end of every inter- most interactions with Mike Tyson. Now, obviously, yeah. Epo oh gets God. better fights. You know, sure, like they sure. last a little bit longer. There's more things. But, you know, that that's that's the fun of the show. You get to, if you know things about boxing, you got a lot to, to enjoy because you get to see these like fantasy matchups because yeah. obviously Mike Tyson is not a fucking lightweight. So, you know, it's a little bit different when you're 145 yeah, yeah. pounds versus 200 well, or why whatever did he weighed. Featherweight, by the way. Was that just like a who cares? Sorry, sorry. Choice? Featherweight, not lightweight. Um, yeah, yeah. Featherweight is uh, 145. Lightweight is 155, which is what uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. fights at. Okay. 
Is that like was that just? I mean, I don't actually care. I just didn't know if there was significance. Do you know why they went with featherweight? No, uh, uh, I I I will say, um, Japanese boxers like Mexican boxers are heavily emphasize the lower weight classes. Oh, okay. Um, there are not a lot of super famous or you know well performing Mexican or Japanese heavyweights. They exist, obviously. Uh, but I think it's kind of like a cultural thing where uh, boxing as a sport still has one foot in like 50 years ago. Sure. Um, they don't make you lift weights. They still do a lot of body weight exercises, a lot of cardio. And some of it makes sense. Um, but the reality is, is that like if you walk in there at 200 pounds, they're making you lose weight. Okay. You know what I mean? And so yeah, yeah. like there's a there's a heavy emphasis on losing weight and becoming very lean and very efficient in your body weight. So people who are like Mexican and Japanese heritage who are on the average much smaller than people from other countries like England and America, they the 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 one two kind of combo there has de-emphasized their heavyweight boxing heavily. Sure. Yeah, so, I mean like, like- yeah, Fair they enough. they come in there. They make you lose weight as much as possible, and honestly, pretty much every boxing club across the world will make you do that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the Englishmen and the and the Americans and the you know more Central Europeans they're coming in bigger. Yeah, we, I mean we, that's, they're built yeah, different. Yeah. So you know they they when they lose weight, they end up going from like two twenty to one ninety rather than. 180 to 140. You know what I mean? You guys, you guys ever seen that? Um, I mean, it's like a pretty popular picture, but there's a picture of a bunch of different army individuals from like different nations. And I think it was to suppress the boxer rebellion, which is a whole thing on its own. Um, but like, there's it's basically like the Netherlands is the tallest dude there, maybe the U.S. And then it goes the British British person or you uh, Netherlands, and it goes the whole way down. There's like eight or nine different nationalities represented. It's a really cool picture. Um, anyway. It's just you, you got me thinking of it. Uh, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. There is no, just, it, yeah, there's just differences. At times. And it's changed. And obviously, you know, at the end of the day, you're dealing with, you know, exceptional people. So oh, it doesn't hold. Obviously, no, no. the average American isn't 220 pounds boxer, of fucking yeah. muscle. <laughs> it's just that we have a cultural <laughs> emphasis on that yeah, yeah. as fit, whereas other cultures have very different ideas of what fit looks like. And boxing being a very old sport with very traditional, you know, values and fitness uh, yeah. will tend to push you towards those cultural markers if you weren't already there. So, you know, it's still 100% true, like the show kind of portrays. They pick a lot of kids off the street who are just poor and yeah, doing right. bad shit, and they give them an outlet for their violence and their anger, sure. and they don't always turn out as better people. But, like, that kind of recruiting... It, heavily emphasizes like taller longer armed or at the very least just skinny children who come into the thing and have that cardio and have that lifestyle where they just don't really eat because they're poor so they keep that body weight and you know they bulk up a little bit uh but as like a perfect moniker is at the end of this series which you guys didn't watch uh episodes i think 23 through 26 is all about actual 1950s japan and two, cool. uh, the two coaches, Ipo's coach, the little old guy with the curly cue, uh, how he was an old prize fighter, and he was a bantamweight, which if you look at the mm. chart, 
are yeah, people who low. weigh like 125 <laughs> pounds or 120 yeah. pounds. And he was fighting a middleweight. Holy shit. At 160. So he was fighting so far out of his fucking weight class. It was stupid. Wow. And in the show, they perf- they portray this bantamweight guy as this huge hulking guy, but then they just portray the American middleweight as like an actual fucking giant. Yeah. So and it's like, well, yeah, that's what that looks like. But like the average boxer, even if now if you go to a boxing gym, a lot of tiny people in there. There'll be yeah. a big guy in there, especially in America. Like they'll always have at least one or two heavyweights, or you know, something up in the cruiserweight area. But most of the people who go to who go to boxing gyms. They're small. They're small guys or small girls. They're. I mean, this is pretty fucking small. This is also, I guess, just a piece of, like you said, a lot of this is cultural. Like often, the culture of a sport, um, like pretty much regardless of sport or I guess competition, like even chess, like uh, yeah, it is only true as long as it's true, and then one person can find a new route, a new path, and all of a sudden it's totally different. So yeah. You know, and also, and you can have hyper-localized things. So, you know. Well, yeah. Sports also have, like, different resistances to change. Boxing is yeah. extremely resistant to change in its formula. So it's stuck around. Its type of person has stuck around a lot longer. If you look at pictures mm-hmm. of, like, Tyson Fury right now, he's a big, fat guy. <laughs> and Wait, is this, like, like, a current fighter? Yeah, yes, is. yes. He is the current uh, heavyweight uh, WBC heavyweight champion of the world. Um. He's he's like 250 pounds. He's like six nine. Oh, this guy's huge. And he, he's just like a big fat guy. He looks yeah, like he now exactly when, in pictures he looks like an average guy who's just like had too many beers at the you know. This guy looks pump. like a young John uh, John Fetterman. Yeah, a little bit. But when you realize he's six nine, that flab isn't so much flab. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like he's got some love <laughs> handles, and honestly, that's about it. He's yeah, maybe he's actually of a pretty normal body weight and body fat composition of like a normal-ish person, but he's a fucking machine. And he's huge and he's very strong. And uh, not even 10, 15 years ago, I think a lot of people would have said that he just didn't look like a champion. Holy you fuck, know? this second sh- there was another yeah. picture just posted. He's a lot bigger him. than it appears. Jesus those, Christ. Those ropes in the background barely come up to his waist he is that big yeah this he's is pushing crazy. he's pushing seven feet high it's funny because this other guy's not small <laughs> no he's not fucking like, small and he makes him look like a tiny person yeah so all right yeah good point <laughs> deontay the... wilder which the third picture is of is a tiny person but only to but only to him because yeah. deontay wilder is still six four two ten But and the irony is that he came from all of his brothers did football and he was like the runt of his brothers. (laughs) Because if you're getting into the NFL, six four two ten is a little on the small side for at least a bunch of positions. Yeah, so he went into boxing where he's a goddamn giant. Yep, that's not as unusual. Unusual. Right. But anyway, enough about real boxing. Uh, one of the oh, other yeah. fun things about Epo is that it does really delve into this like cultural world of boxing where a lot of the primary um, uh, social interactions that happen are, I think, very representative of boxing culture, given that, like I said before, where like most of the people who come into a gym are like actual street rats who sometimes are like 100% have criminal records or, in the case of Mike Tyson, was basically... 
adopted by Customato from being a ward of the state. Uh, Say like, this again? I'm sorry, one more Mike time? Mike Tyson was originally, as a juvenile, basically already in juvie so much that he was considered a ward of the state. Like, he oh, didn't have didn't legal this, parents. Yeah. yeah, right. He was basically completely abandoned. Customato, his boxing trainer, adopted him. Some wow. would say... That, that's yeah. I I, I I have some concerns about that one. That that's yeah, a little well, worrying. Yeah, I mean, Mike Tyson insists that Cuss was like the father to him. I mean, he probably but was. uh, and Teddy Atlas was more of the asshole. But uh, yeah, I question the morals and ethics of any person who does that. But you know, it, you know. It's a, depending on your framing, because at the end of the day, yes, that is what a lot of boxing gyms do. They literally pull people off of the street and give them something productive to do with all of their capabilities I mean, yeah, toward violence. He said, like, hasn't Tyson said that several times? Like, you know, I was a very violent individual. I was given an he, outlet. Yes. According to him, he had been arrested 40 times before he was 12 or by the time he was 12. That's a number that's yes. a big one but you know what fuck it who knows whatever yeah, you can it, have that number I guess. people like to lie about shit like this doesn't matter well, the real point is that like Takamura the person you pointed out earlier as kind of just being a huge asshole yeah 100% a, uh, like a very prototypical person who goes to a boxing gym which can be a person who otherwise would be so poor and so destitute that they'd either be getting into trouble aka getting into fights or drugs or whatever kind of thing people in a completely destitute and depressed, you know, area would do, or they've already done that. And they're literally trying to like turn their life around by just, and that's again, part of the reason why boxing can be a little old fashioned because you're literally just kind of expected to go to the gym every day for like six hours instead of having a job, which their clientele often would be too young to have and Jesus, to have yeah. too much of a criminal record to get. Okay. So, you know, it, it's how it is sometimes. Um, I think even today, people will still talk about boxers as like needing to be hungry. And when they say that you're a hungry boxer, they're literally saying that you're too poor to feed yourself and that you need to win this fight to afford to eat. To eat. Obviously, it's a little bit of an exaggeration and a euphemism now because it's become far more legitimized and it's far yeah, more right. about professionals. But there's still plenty of people who come in who were completely destitute when they started. Now there's more like TikTok influencers and stuff doing it. But yeah, sure. You know, I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of fine with that. Romanticizing the concept. Well, there's there's a thing in fight sports, not even just boxing, that really romanticizes poverty as some kind of like mental fortitude. Oh, okay. When uh, rather than a trauma, where oh, the, where, well, yeah, like, because like it's stereotypical with like you know, yeah, those that like great you worked problems. your way it's up. It's a cultural thing. Well, it's 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 like the Gary V thing where he's like, every day I wake up and I imagine my wife and children were all murdered. Like, why the fuck are you doing that? Well, he's doing that because of this romanticized notion of starting from the bottom. Yeah, yeah. and it literally infects these people's minds. So I mean, like, that it, sounds right. <laughs> like, yeah, I totally believe uh, that. My, my prototypical example for this is that um, there's a very famous MMA heavyweight fighter. Um, oh, my God. No, I just fucking forgot his name. Uh, from Africa. 
I, I'm gonna yeah, Google I, it. I here. will never know. Uh, 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 what, are we, what are we guessing? Who is this? The name of Francis Ngannou. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Francis oh, okay. Ngannou is probably <laughs> one of the most famous, you know, heavyweight MMA fighters of all time right now. He's a huge guy, and he literally was born in Nigeria. And in the early days of his life, he worked in a fucking like sand mine, which sure. means all he did was dig sand out of the ground to be made into concrete later with a shovel. And not necessarily one of the poorest countries of Africa, because actually Nigeria is not like that bad. But basically, he did what everyone prototypically thinks of, especially white people think of when they think <laughs> yeah. of poor African person. Got it. And. Yeah. The ubiquitous moment that like is almost completely surreal is that he he made enough money he fled to well the fled he moved to France where he started his MMA career as a method of making money and now he's extremely successful. He went on the Joe Rogan podcast and he was telling the story to Joe Rogan who is sitting there listening going uh huh uh huh uh huh and he talks about the part where he would wake up in absolute poverty. He would go and he would work like 12-hour days at the fucking sand mine just shoveling all goddamn day. And the only thing he would ever do was then come home, sleep, and wake up and do it again. And he said like this was, this was literal fucking hell and he would have done anything to escape it. And Joe Rogan looks him in the goddamn eye and says, man, that must have been a hell of a workout. Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Like that, oh that, that is what I think just completely symbolizes – this kind of attitude oh we're like God. at the end <laughs> of the day like that's how these people fucking think like they so romanticize this like lifestyle as a method of churning out good fighters and they just don't fucking understand that no they're just dead wrong being poor and desperate and destitute and hungry does not make you a better fighter. No, actually, it makes, often you, it makes you worse. Yeah, yeah. It makes <laughs> you desperate. It's not good. <laughs> Francis Ngannou wasn't a good fighter until he started affording food and moved to France. Right. He did not have a physical base. The only thing that it gave him was drive. And I can appreciate someone saying like that anyone who comes from that background has more drive than someone who doesn't. But... It's not like a fucking meter in a in a video game. Yeah, I mean, this my, is one my of those... drive meter doesn't go down if you're not whipping me every day. That's not this how just, this fucking it, works. It's some liberal bullshit, you know, like actual textbook yeah. liberalism, where yeah. they're like, oh, well, you know, he just has a higher drive, which means he automatically will do better. And you're like, there, I, you have no yeah. idea how the world works, well, do you? And then like, the pseudo racist thing is that they yeah. kind of talk about work ethic like it's genetic. Yeah. And yeah. that's where things start to get a little dangerous <laughs> because you start talking about, ooh, all these destitute people from these third world countries who have it rough and that's what makes them such good fighters. You're like two steps removed from when dingo fighting. Yeah, where, it gets, it gets Where bad. actual slave owners in, you know, 300 years ago thought, hey, wouldn't it be so fun and cool to make these slaves fight each other? You know, they're so big and strong because of their African heritage. Like, ooh, okay, oops, we don't want to go down that route again, please. But, you know, it's chuds will be chuds, and people in the world of fighting tend to have the, you know, emotional intelligence and the cultural education of, like, the rocks they crawl out from under. So, eh, it doesn't work out so great. whole lot of them are just, like, 
really fucking religious and borderline fascist, and they say a lot of really disgusting things to each other, and they do a lot of really disgusting things that all get forgiven because, I don't know, he's a boxer. He's supposed to be an asshole. Mike Tyson, again, being a perfect example of somebody who was basically trained from the time they were 14 to just be an insufferable, murderous asshole. <laughs> and then everyone just put on their best Pikachu face when it bled out into the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck how, do you mean? I would have been happen? more surprised if he was a decent human being. <laughs> you yeah. seem to have had the opposite intent, you know, like from the start. Another one of those things that you can kind of level against Cuss, even though, you know, Tyson insists that he was the nice one. I kind of don't believe it. At a certain point, you know, he was teaching you to just beat the ever-living shit out of other poor people. He pulls you off of that street for that sole purpose. And yeah, maybe he thought he was genuinely turning your life around. Uh, but he also paid homeless people to come in off the street just to get the shit beat out of them by you to hone your, quote, killer instinct. Um, that's that's a some whole... messed up shit. That's something. I mean, that right there is like literally okay, not literally, but like that's literal like, bum fights, <laughs> like borderline when dingo fight, man dingo fighting, right there. I mean, I, you, you I basically was just, just did it. <laughs> even in this show, we have um, the the evil character from episode thirteen, where he, you just bring in other people, and he's like, "All right, I'm yeah. just gonna hurt this person that came in here to spar with me beyond repair. Also, it's not even boxing. Fuck you, yeah. die." And you're like, "That's." Uh, I don't think we're doing the that's same a, thing. That's a real fucking thing. That's a real yeah. thing. That, and, and it still kind of happens to this day. They'll, they'll pay you to come in and be someone's sparring partner, but they're being very selective about who they ask to come do yeah. that. Uh, they're not going to ask somebody in who's better than you because you can't have your prize fighter getting the shit kicked out of them a week before a fight. And, you know, it's an accepted bit of, you know, uh, honor that you don't kick the shit out of the guy you paid to be your pretend friend for a week. But some people fucking do it. Some people absolutely light up their paid sparring partners for no other reason than to keep their ego high, really. To, to I keep mean, their I think there's, there's killer instinct out there, to keep their confidence up. I mean, there, there's going to be like just pseudo-intellectual garbage all over like industries yeah. like this, right? I mean, it's, it's almost unavoidable because, you know, every sports anime you have will do something like, okay, all you have to do is just, like, get in the, the zone and, you know, fight for something you believe in. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, that that's a piece of it, yeah. Like, I mean, you got to have, like, a motivation to be there. Otherwise, why are you taking hits to the face all day? Right. Um, but, like, no, that's not that's not what makes you win. So, right. well, In a way, there, there's nothing funnier to me than every single person in any fight sport making fun of the guy who like walks in off the street and says, I'm a street fighter. Okay. When it's time to go, I see red and I just, I just get it done. Like every, everybody in boxing, MMA, BJJ, you know, even fencing, like everybody makes fun of that person. Sure. That. And yet at the same time, they also sort of believe in it because if you don't think that a guy can just walk in off the street and be a great fighter, then why do you say things like punchers are born and not trained? Why do people say like about Takamura in the show that he, he was just born with the ability to do really, really good fighting? They say that about him. They say like, oh, he was, he's just a natural. He's a natural. Yeah. That if you think that like just seeing red isn't a thing, then why do you focus so much on making sure that people's confidence is up? 
Like uh, but Teddy Atlas, one of the people who I think once pulled a fucking gun on Mike Tyson to get him to train harder. Uh, Jesus we'll say, fuck. We'll, we'll say we'll say things like boxing is eighty percent mental. Well, if it's eighty percent mental, how come I can't walk in off the street and mentally defeat you? <laughs> yeah, I'll, no, wait, I'll tell wait you why. No, because it's not eighty percent mental; yeah. it's like ten percent mental. And when you're the best of the best of the best, ten percent's a lot of percent. But when you're walking in off the street, ten ain't fucking shit. If you walk up to a trained fighter, I don't care what your mental state is. I don't care how much crack cocaine you smoked. You're going to fucking get your ass beat because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You don't know how to fight. You're not in condition. This man is an animal. He's a machine. And yes, that 10% mental is just stacked onto the other 70% that's about to fucking beat you into the dirt. <laughs> yeah, it's not good that you also have this disadvantage. You're you're also missing the 10%. Yeah, but Jesus it didn't Christ, really man. matter. <laughs> if it's 80% mental, why is Charlie Zelenoff not the fucking heavyweight champion of the world? Who, by the way, is a man who would literally walk in and try to do dojo storms while being awful. The hell's a dojo storm? It's a term meaning that you walk into somebody else's um, dojo oh, that? Or, or like, Dude, like the boxing Ip Man thing. shit, like the beginning yeah, yeah. of Ip Man. Yeah, oh, Charlie man, Zelenoff unironically yeah. issues challenges to like world champions, and then shows up unannounced at their gyms and tries to fight them, and just gets the shit beat out of him every fucking time. That's... and he keeps doing it because if boxing's eighty percent mental, he'd win because he's insane. That's uh, that's like some Steven Seagal shit, right? He there. always you know, he'll like just... run out of the ring and run back in and try to sucker punch people. It's it's fucking gross. He's a gross oh, man. man. Okay, so this is oh, well, you know what? This is a great segue. Yeah. Who is the Saramaru character based off of? Oh, so Mike asked me that earlier, and honestly, I'm not sure. He's kind of an amalgamation of a couple people. Um, the problem is, is that they basically just say that he's a vicious counterpuncher with like no remorse and that fits a couple of bills okay. you can kind of say that it's just floyd mayweather but an asshole you can kind of say that it's you know um Sugar uh, tommy hearns but an asshole e- I, I mean I, I is it know. possible to combine that with his like you know, gun firing left fist thing that he does like, no, because anyone who's an outboxer and a counter puncher has a good jab. Um, you're, it could be anybody. It doesn't really narrow it down. I, I, off the top of my head, I don't know a single boxer who people referred to his jab as something special now. And I, and I want to contrast this with the, like I said before, the guy who, um, is with Epo when they're fucking with his bike and he freaks out and gets oh, mad. Yeah. 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 That guy 100% is a reference to Tommy Hearns because he drops his left arm and saws it back and forth in front of his chest. Yeah, he, I was watching this pu- trying to he, fucking understand that. I'm like, what is Yeah, the, that is a Tommy at? Hearns thing. Tommy okay. the Hitman Hearns, who was a very, very long, tall man who fought at a ridiculously low weight. Um, I think he fought at like middleweight. Like he he was he was basically my height, 6'2. But he fought at like 155 and he looked like a goddamn string bean and he had the longest arms in the goddamn world. And all he would do was keep people at range with his jab over and over and over again. And he would do that thing where he would like dance his arm back and forth because he would jab from low 
because basically most people were shorter than him. And then he'd hit you with his chopping right after he set you up well enough that would just knock people into the fucking dirt. Um, uh, Producer, find me a fucking... Uh, a fucking gif of Tommy Hearns just obliterating someone into the sun because it's disgusting. Because when you see him do it, like you see his arms, he is the skinniest, lankiest motherfucker on the planet. And he just does, he just hits you from so far away you can't even appreciate it. And that hand comes in so goddamn quick, it doesn't even register what happened. I, I don't I don't know if these gifts are, are what you were thinking of, but I am impressed by the first one for sure because like this guy his his hand is like five feet away from the second this guy's gift face is and then he's just dead Tom- yeah and then he's dead and the second gift is actually tommy hearns getting hit <laughs> so uh oh. one of tommy's only <laughs> losses was to sugar ray leonard but it's okay it's okay i i understand if you can't tell the black people apart it's okay you're jesus racist. christ <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what? It's actually uh, I, this is they're this both is a good wearing moment. trunks oh, no. in defense of the producer. Like every moniker of who these people are is actually kind of lost. Both white trunks, both white shoes, both red gloves, both black guys, both got like short cropped black hair. I, that's rough. If you so didn't know actually, who they were, well, the, I would tell you guy, that's actually kind I mean, of tough. I have no idea. The one guy has no a idea. red belt on top of his white. Trunks. He does have a red belt. You're right. Yeah, that's so. The Come on, the guys. one yeah. without the red belt is. Uh, Tommy Hearns, but what okay, yeah. Point is, is that Sawamura? I can't really tell you who it is. Um, Wait, who, there's what? not enough oh, Sawamura. Oh, I can't yeah, tell yeah, you okay. who he's based on. I was looking through the list of characters, and some of them do, in fact, name who they're loosely based on. But there's nothing for Sawamura, so yeah, it might yeah. not even need to be there. Um, like it, I'm not saying this might have been better if we had like a specific yeah. character was modeled after. I still very much enjoyed the fight. And I think part of it was because this show has taken its time telling me that it's based in reality. And if there is a character that's extremely based in reality, okay, wait, at least in the ring is yeah. Saramora. Um, like, he, the only I, shit he I, really I does is he plays say, a little dirty. Like, like I, no, well, I mean, so, like, I think the real point of Sawamura is that he's supposed to be the opposite of Ippo in terms of mentality. He just enjoys mm-hmm. hurting people, and his yes, killer instincts agreed. come from his just desire to harm people. Whereas Ippo also beats the ever-living fuck out of people because he fights like Mike Tyson, but his killer instinct comes from like a different place. And that, no, that's I'm kind of that, that's yeah. kind of supposed to be the matchup. On the other hand, the whole point of Sawamura is that he is the supposedly like the perfect counter to Ippo, namely that he's a tall, lanky counterpuncher who constantly moves backwards. But, you know, I guess the only bad thing you can say is that he likes the fights going for a long time, so he loves counterpunching just to make people look bad. So, like, you can basically say that he's Floyd Mayweather Jr. if he was an insufferable asshole. Okay. More I, I, more know, of an insufferable asshole. Who I guess just liked if, hurting people. If there is a weak point to this anime for me is the the level of insane bad guy they make Saramora up to be... Um, I, for what it's worth, it made it feel great when he was beaten. Um, yeah. Like you know, I mean, there was it was incredible feeling of just like, okay, good, we like we pulled it off, you know. Um, but like, I, <laughs> I, I remember you said something in Discord where you're like, you ever just hit a woman with a closed fist, and that's like exactly <laughs> what Saramora does. <laughs> like, he, I, he, like he just walks up to his bike. Two people are standing next to him. He's like, get the fuck away from my bike, and immediately tries to knock out the nearest woman. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, like what? <laughs> a, a perfect example, too, of like, obviously, we shouldn't go around hitting random people, especially people that are not expecting it and are, you know, below your weight class. Oh, yada, but like yada, the yada. Misogyny, don't do violence. The kind of like lowbrow, like women can't defend themselves thing kind of implicit in the action because it oh, well, sets too, Epo yeah. the fuck off that anyone would ever like try to punch a woman. I mean, that is also true. Yeah. yeah I, like, I, that I is definitely mean, a weaker chill. part of this, but. Um, but I guess I was just going to say, like, uh, you know, the, the weaker part of the anime is just him being outlandishly evil. Um, and, but it still worked out because, like, it was it was still a fun time. I, I yeah. still really, really, really enjoyed that fight. And I, maybe it's just because Hajime is very relatable. Um, I completely believe that someone that is a professional in their field and Hajime is literally the best in Japan, apparently. Um I yeah, he, has a, he has a national. He, he has a national featherweight title. Yeah, so and I could totally bite that he would get fucking angry that Sarmore even exists. Yeah, <laughs> like pretty just, much. Just exists in the same area that he does. Um, easy mm-hmm. to believe. So I don't know. Yeah, still, it's not like a true detractor, I guess. Yep. Yep. Wait, no. who's the um? What's what's up with the first guy that Hajime fights? The, the fisherman. Also yeah, not also not a specific person, just really a it, fighting style. What is in that particular. guy's name? Does anyone know? I don't remember. I just remember him being called Son of the Sea. That's all I remember. I keep wanting to call him Takaguchi or something, but I don't remember. I don't see it in the list. The producer's yelling at us. I don't see the dude I, on the list. It's a little up there. Um, you mean in the chat? Like you're not gonna scroll up in the chat? It is like <laughs> okay. He is not in there. I don't think he is. Yeah, because he's, he he's not got in this there. like he has an extremely wide body, and yeah, like he's I, none not of these there. characters. All, do, all the so. people in the list that we have been given are ac- actually go to the gym. Yeah, go, these go are to like the Kamigawa the good guys. Gym. Even Zangief comes in. I love that. I love that. It's the only Russian guy, and his name is Zangief. Yeah, I, I love me some Zangief. There. <laughs> and uh, his special is the White Fang, which is not again not based on a real person, but. You know, is a real technique where you throw a quick yeah, uppercut sh- with the lead just to pop their head up, and then just viciously hook it into the into the fucking sp- into space. It's great. <laughs> yeah, God his damn. name's Iwao Shimabukuro. I don't know. He he's kind of just there to be like yeah, the stepping stone for Epo. He's the setup. Yeah, yeah. I actually, Epo's you know fight what? Hey. is arguably like that one is kind of just like the worst fight, but it's okay. It's so I, I I'm gonna compliment it in the idea that uh, from a show perspective, it's a great way to start a show, which is you have a character that is similar to your main character, where like I'm not saying their fighting style is the same, but they both can last a long time. They both throw extremely hard hits when they get rolling. Um, and like they both literally are from the sea. Like they both like have similar backgrounds. And then you just get this like all out fight with high stakes because were they not fighting for um for the featherweight champion of uh, yes. Japan? Well, yeah. So I'll say like this is a boxing thing. I think not a lot of people know. But if you have a championship, every fight is a title fight. If you That's lose a single crazy. fight with the title, it goes to that person. And it doesn't I matter who that. beats you. Whoever beats wow. you gets the title. So, like, you have this, like, killer opening fight, especially for someone like me, right? I did mm-hmm. not know that. So I was like, wow, holy fuck, we're, like, just doing the fight right mm-hmm. now. It's every um, fight is the fight. 
That explains he, and, a lot more. <laughs> and the irony is that I think, yeah, you guys did see it where he's like, he gets to pick his opponent because a bunch of people yeah. have issued challenges and yeah. he intentionally picks the one that's like most likely to beat him. Yep. That's a real thing where people will like, you know, dodge the challengers that they don't think they can beat or they'll do the opposite. They'll do what Takamura's trying to do, which is take all comers and then try to win simultaneous belts in different weight classes. Wait, which one's Takamura again? Takamura is the asshole, the big guy with the big scars on his chest, the big scratches, and the and the uh, pompadour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, but he's like a good guy, but he's an <clears throat> asshole. He's an asshole, but but like okay. he's he, in this show. You didn't see it because it happens in like the early twenties. Basically, it's the next fight after the after the Sawamura fight. He moves up a weight class uh, to take another belt and hold two world titles simultaneously. Jesus Christ! Well, would it just of, be national titles in that case, or no? Did I miss them? No, oh, they're world titles. World? He fight. He fights an American. Oh Jesus! Okay, cool. He already has the world, I think, junior middleweight title, and he takes the middleweight, the world middleweight title from that American. So has that happened? Like, have people yes, held to? Yes. Whoa, happens. That's cool. on, happens honestly fairly frequently. Um, I guess that does not, make not sense. Like, There's not a it, lot of weight difference between the two. You also have to understand that, like, boxing is kind of all about farming that kind of interaction, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'll say. Um, uh, it's very true of boxing and a little bit of MMA where, like, your first couple official fights, once you're a professional, are often predetermined by um, your fight promoter. And a lot of times promoters who really believe in a particular person is going to be, like, successful and famous – They'll feed you a couple of nobodies in the beginning, just yeah, to give I you like a three, four, five, six, seven, yeah, eight, it's nine, like ten, to get your hype record. thing up to get to generate hype. Yeah, and then yeah, what they'll have that. is, and it's so ubiquitous that they actually have a term for when you fight someone for real, which is like it, it's your um, I forget it's like I forget what the exact term is, but it's like it's cutting like your, your rookie non rookie. Oh, wow, okay. Like ba- basically, the idea is like you have your uh, it's I forget what it's like your acid test or your. Whatever. They, they, they have a name for it. But basically the idea is that you've been fed people who were probably not as good as you. And now you're going to fight someone who's actually as good as you. And hmm. often both of them will have like a five or a six and oh record with like five knockouts. It is really crazy to me how few games they fight. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I guess I just. There's yeah, high yeah. stakes on every fight. Like if you yeah. lose like one too many games, I bet they're not no, excuse me, not games. Like, you know, matches. Matches, yeah. Um I mean, you could just be like totally written off forever. Like That's very true. I mean, That's so fucking crazy. <laughs> relatively recently, uh there was a Mexican heavyweight world champion who beat uh Anthony Joshua uh Andy Ruiz Jr. Andy Ruiz Jr. is a Mexican heavyweight boxer who uh, was put in as a sub uh, because Anthony Joshua was the heavyweight uh, champion of one of the promotions of the world. By the way, there are multiple promotions, so there are actually two simultaneous heavyweight world champion belts. Don't ask. That's weird. Um, Yeah, it's weird, but don't worry about it. So basically, Anthony Joshua held a heavyweight world title. And he was scheduled to fight some random guy who I don't really know the name of. But that guy got popped for steroids and pretty close <laughs> to pretty close to the fight got dropped from the card. Well, they had to sub somebody in. They had sure. to do the fight. So they picked this guy, Andy Ruiz Jr. 
When Andy Ruiz Jr. went in, nobody knew who he was. But when he fought Anthony Joshua, he was 33-1. and one. Wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. The, the second guy who no one knew the, no, no was 33-1. Had only one. lost once. How did no one know him? Because he was always because fighting small people? Because he lost his acid test. Oh, my God. What the fuck, dude? Exactly. That, that's horrible, man. Exactly. And this is the world of boxing sometimes. There's a lot of people out there who are just really, really, really fucking good and are doing nothing but win, but nobody cares because they don't, they're not marketed. And they're not marketed because nobody cares. And this well, only becomes this like self-fulfilling product. Well, yes, in a huge upset, he beat Anthony Joshua, took the belt from him, and then they gave him an immediate rematch. Because he's not supposed to have it. Well, what the fuck? Come on. So, and he loses the rematch on points. Wow. And now he's fought. I mean, that almost makes you two. call in a question now, because it's it on put points, him on the too. Map. It put him on the map, to be perfectly sure. fair. Now, and he's gotten two more pretty decent fights. And he's probably still making some decent money. But up until then, he was also fighting nobodies. Because that's how it works. Like, yeah. it's a contract. When you offer someone a fight, there has to be a reason for them to fight you. And he lost his acid test very early on. I forget where it is. He lo- yeah, he lost to Joseph Parker for a heavyweight title. And it was the first ever world title fight he had, and he lost it to Joseph Parker. And as a result... No, running up to it, he, he was 29-0 and 0 when he fought Joseph Parker. But running up to that, there's nobody. And there's very little, like, you know, his first uh, 19 fights are against nobodies. After that, he wins a couple of, like, national titles. And he's somebody, but he's not getting anything bigger than that. And he gets his one breakout chance when he fights Joseph Parker for the WBO heavyweight title, and he loses. And after that, he fights another three nobodies because yeah, he's not he... on the map anymore. Yeah, right. Also, the heavyweight title he fought for was vacant. It was vacated, which um, basically means that like you can retire, but you don't get to keep your belt. But because nobody beat you, they don't hand it to anyone. So like, if you retire and you own the world title, it's vacated. And then the next two people, two other random people fight, and whoever wins gets the title. Be- like, they won't is, ever just hand very, it to anyone. You have I mean, to win I a guess fight that to makes get a title. Sense. I, I, it makes a kind is, of sense. Yeah, I, Especially I'm from not, a marketing perspective. Yeah, I, I don't implicitly hate it. This is I don't think I know anything else that really works like this. It's very <coughs> it, it's kind of jarring to adjust to this. I, I mean, pieces yeah. of it I can really dig. <coughs> um, yeah. Like I, I also can, also I to like drive home this point, his first nineteen point nineteen fights were over the course of three years, two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen. Since he lost to Joseph Parker, he has had f- six more fights from twenty sixteen to twenty twenty two. Another six years. Jesus. Okay. That's how out of it he was. I mean, that part lost. of this I definitely don't like. Yeah, like and I, I mean, that feels like shit. And if man, and if on. you need this to make money. Right, exactly. That's death. He lost in 2016, didn't fight again for two more years, and then only fought another five more times in the next four. And one of those as, was as literally to, to, to take the title. As opposed to previously, he had 19 fights in the same amount of time where he did nothing but win. 
That that's how hard it is. That, and it's like it's like a it's like a feedback loop. The more they do this to people, where they require you to have this like seven, eight, nine, ten, and zero record, the less it means. The more they make you fight these nobodies, the, the more nobody cares. And the more nobody cares, the more you're just expected to win all of these things in a row, like like that. Like it doesn't matter. So when you so now the other hand of that coin, the other side of that coin is that when you lose your first ever real fight, fuck you, get out. Yeah. And it's like, but I'm 29 and one. What the fuck? Why is it like that? Well, fuck you. That's the promotional world of boxing. I don't know what you said that made me go back. Uh, I have uh, Francis uh, Ngannou. Ngannou. Um, yeah, yeah I, I have his wiki open, and uh, I was just like, I don't know, something clicked, and I started like reading over the beginning of his life. And yeah, everything you said is dead on. Oh, by the way, he's um not Nigerian. By the way, he's oh, uh, sorry, Cameroonian. Oh, um, he's from Cameroon. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, just yeah, yeah. Just whatever. Figured I bring just it up. Just like Joel um, Embiid. One, one of those other, one of those other shitty third world countries. How dare you, know. you not know he's <laughs> nice. from Cameroon? Just like 76ers center Joel Embiid. Joel uh, Embiid. Joel Embiid. I do know that name. Yeah, that's because I say it a lot Joel around you. I think at what one point it? I knew the he, name of the guy who was in John Wick Three, and I think that's the only two. Oh, that was Mahia Boban Marjanovic. Yeah. That that fucking shoe looking man. <laughs> yeah, Joel, Joel Embiid is uh, the current center for the Philadelphia Centers, 76ers, Ethan. Mm-hmm. He's oh, from okay. Cameroon as well. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? Yeah. But wait, wait, wait. The thing I was getting at is right, this Cameroon. guy. No, I got you. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, no, yeah. So no, no, he only you. started trying to work on professional bar- boxing at 26. And yeah. like right now, he's currently 36. And let's see here. If I got the numbers right. He started working on boxing at 26 when he was quit homeless and went to MMA. Oh yeah, yeah he so was he got he was homeless in the streets of Paris, and then some <laughs> dude named Francis Carmont uh, introduced him to Francis or no Fernand Lopez at the MMA factory. Which, yeah. real quick, this is not why I brought this up, but if you if you call something the MMA factory <laughs> and your entire like sport has a well, I guess not MMA, but like boxing and MMA are probably similar enough in this regard. If your 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 sport has a reputation of like, you know, kind of picking up people that don't have a lot of other opportunities and then you yeah. force them to do something because yeah. they want money, then maybe don't call yourself a factory. That maybe feels kind of weird. Yourself that feels like a bad factory. choice. Yeah, um, that's a little weird. Anyway, I just wanted to back you up because I don't think we even meant what you were saying about like uh you know, people that are down on their luck being forced through uh, boxing about Francis Ngannou. Borderline um, it, preyed upon, I would but say. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I just literally forced through a goddamn factory. Well, I, I mean, um, Mike Tyson famously, after Customato died and he quit uh, working with Teddy Atlas, worked with uh, a well-known grifter, who I'm forgetting the name of, but like robbed him blind. When he quit boxing, he was in debt to millions. Jeez, because yeah, he was it. heavily exploited. Yeah. Uh, uh, something King, I think. Not Rodney King. Maybe I it's not even don't King. Know. I don't remember. Well, it's some, some famous like grifter guy who like robbed Mike Tyson of all he's worth. But like, I mean, the poor fucking guy was just trained to be a goddamn animal. He never had any idea what was going on. He went to jail for rape in uh, 1992 when he Don King there you go when he came out of jail he wasn't as good he started losing as he was getting older and he he was fucking in debt to like more than he could ever make it was disgusting 
I mean, this is just like these these stories are are very sad um, because I mean, I guess we've already hit on this, but you, you know, you're taking these people that are not being helped by whatever state they are a part of, um, and then they yeah. are given an opportunity, and like that's nice. But that, I, I'm un- glad that opportunity is to basically give yourself brain damage. Yes, fighting other people who are also very poor for the yeah. entertainment of significantly richer people who very often scam you out of 99% of the value you create by doing it. We're we're not talking about like a military recruiter right now, right? But like we mean, are still talking like, about like MMA and boxing. That's the thing. It's it's just it's so it's so like representative of this attitude that permeates yeah. so many other levels of society. Oh my god, that, yeah. That it's almost great when you watch the show because, uh, unironically, this show does prop up that lifestyle like a hundred percent. It it idolizes people who box, oh, especially oh yeah, wait, people who come from bad backgrounds. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, it it's it's a very very toxic, disgusting, exploitative cycle, and it's really really sad that the the old fashioned nature of boxing really just means that. It's more disgustingly, like, openly toxic. Yeah, it's it's just a shame, too, because, I, I, again, this is one of those things that I can have a lot of empathy for someone in this scenario making the best they have and then wanting to give back. Like, again, I, I know nothing of Nganu, uh, um, but he apparently opened, like, a gym back in Cameroon to, like, for kids to learn how to fight, oh. which, like... Oh, Manny Pacquiao ran for, like, office in the Philippines, I believe, where he's from, and won and was, like, a senator or, or, or like, a, you know, like, like a heavy-level, like, yeah, representative in his, in his country because sure. of how insanely fucking famous he is. Right. And I'm like, gonna be I, really mad when he's not from the Philippines. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I didn't look him up. I didn't even catch the name 100. But yeah, sure. I, I guess the only thing I was getting at is Senator I can have a lot of, of em- Thank fucking God I was right. We got there. <laughs> I, I guess I was just saying I can have a lot of empathy for this. Like, I mean, it's the same thing. You know, military people that genuinely got a better life out of it, and then they recommend other people to go do it because, like, yeah. often there's no other opportunity for someone. And, and it's like, a shame yeah, I mean, because they take the very, like, legitimate, very, I guess you could say honorable and, like, genuinely admirable traits that you need to succeed in both the military and boxing and all these fight sports. Sure. And they just turn it into something rotten and corrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because ultimately, you're only doing it for the financial gain of the people who are in charge of you, and you already know they don't do any of that stuff. Yeah, fight promoters don't box, and frankly, generals don't even know how to shoot a gun half the goddamn time. No, yeah, they've <laughs> if they did it, they did it so fucking long ago that they don't care and they don't know. They they treat you as a fucking pawn, and they convince you that that's how like that's admirable that you so, should like being treated like shit because that's that's what makes you cool. And then I, they're just doing it to exploit you, and they just convince you that like it's good. I there was recently a book, very recently, a book um put out by I guess formerly Prince Harry. Um and I knew that he was in the military for either Iraq or Afghanistan. I think yeah. Afghanistan. Um But let's be I, honest, it's Prince fucking Harry. He's about as in the military as 
you know, as you can so, be without being in the military. So I, w- I assumed that was the case. And then he apparently made a claim that he knows he has like 25 confirmed kills. And I was like, what is he like that? Like, that's not a thing you can know unless you like very specifically yeah, are looking down like a long also, barrel. You can just lie. Right, right, right. Hold on. We're like the there. American sniper guy. Yes. So you could just lie. Hey, about you it, leave Chris like, Kyle out of this. Chris Kyle would be is either the world's foremost war criminal or yes. <laughs> a liar. Yeah. Or uh, because also the shit he just brags a about See, doing. He's dead. He is dead. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. His PTSD-ridden friend murdered him. Yeah. Probably for the what best. A, what an ending. Yeah. It couldn't after, have happened to a better guy. Yeah. I mean, after fucking. Uh, he went. It wasn't he the same dude that literally went down during Hurricane Katrina and started killing people. Well, that were quote that's unquote what looting? he says. That's what he claimed. Yeah. So right. either he is the world's most foremost war criminal, or yeah. <laughs> he just fucking lied about all of it. And well, I'm okay, going to go wait. with the second one because the shit he claims to have done in uh, in Afghanistan. Is batshit like it's nonsense? There's I mean, no in the movie, way. He literally says 360 no scope and then shoots a guy a mile away. Like, so like, like yeah, cool. like he basically says that he's what like um uh not Bruce Lee, fucking oh never mind, whatever. He 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 is what like movie people claim they can do. Like so, he, he thinks he's like John Wick or like Jack Reacher, and he just says he did that shit, and and just nobody ever checked. I guess. So I'm going to describe to you um, without exactly telling you what Prince Harry did in the military. Mm -hmm. And I want you to guess what his profession was. Okay. Um, So first off, I am willing to believe that he actually does have 25 kills. Um, Like I I am, I will, I will, it might not be, but I can at least, I think it's in the realm possibility. Um, Also, he viewed, (laughs) he viewed those kills and how he achieved them as um like playing chess and taking pieces off a chessboard. Okay. Um so he was not shooting them, that's for fucking sure. I can also tell you that he is direct if he did kill these people, he is directly responsible for those kills. So was he a drone pilot? Oh, you're really close, dude. Mike, do you want one? Does it was he a, a bomber pilot? Did he fly a plane? Because like that, that's that's the exact helicopter pilot. I was gonna say because like it combines the elitism of being a pilot with the (laughs) I'm doing it from so fucking far away that I can't even tell it's a person. Yup. Whoopsie doodle! I probably included a couple blue on blues on my fucking twenty five head count. Because the, fucking, the, the fucking rotary, like, dumb fire missiles I have been raining down on the battlefield probably hit an ally, and I just covered it up. Oh, my God. Do, <laughs> do you see this quote that the producers just put in? He said they were, ch- they were chess pieces taken off the board. Bad guys eliminated before they could kill bad guys. Or k- kill good guys. Yeah, tra- they trained tra- me to other them, and they trained me well. Yeah, that Jesus that, fuck, dude. That is exactly the kind of thing you see. In Holy boxing. shit! And uh, it's yeah, ironic I mean, because it's the opposite thing you see Epo do, where like suppose, yeah. and it's like I like that, but at the it's same a good time, character. It's, it's just not realistic. It's there, too. It's too. It's romantic. Silly. It's romantic. Yeah, it's romantic. Yeah, and I, and here, <laughs> for what it's worth, I'm willing to forgive it because I'm having a good time watching it here, and no one died. Like a lot of people are probably very exploited. Fair, very fair, but <laughs> no one fucking died. died. Like it, it, you didn't there's, there's actually a kill Sawamura. 
as romantic as it is, the idea that you have literally punched him so hard that he has a greater appreciation for boxing and will become a better person. He didn't die. Yeah, um, right. But the, the he definitely was matters. trying to kill you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He would have killed you if he had the opportunity. Um, and I, I'm sure that people have died in boxing. No doubt. Um, oh, they have. Yeah. And plenty of people have been exploited. Far, I, honor, ironically, so. far more from cutting water than anything. Huh? Oh, oh, interesting. Weight I guess I cuts believe that. kill more people than actually getting killed in the ring. Huh. I mean, I guess that does make a lot of sense, to be honest. Like, yeah. there are refs now, and like, crippling injuries. Well, yeah. yeah, there's a lot yeah. of those, I'm sure. <laughs> Being, It's basically a euphemism that if you have a particularly bad fight or even a fight that you win, sometimes they call it retiring somebody. Where Jesus. like You'll just get the shit beat out of you and they'll be like, you're never going to be the same after that, period. Yeah. I mean, Sawamura basically had that happen. I mean, like, um, I don't know. He might yeah. recover, but they were like, uh, yeah, the dude needs surgery now. <laughs> Pre- pretty much everybody who retires from boxing generally retires either because they're super old, and those are only the people who are really good. Yeah. But most of the time, people retire because of injury. They'll break their I, yeah, hands yeah. too many times. They'll break their face too many times. They'll break their skull once. <laughs> They'll break their ribs too many times or they'll I mean, rip open you... their joints and their and their tendons and they'll get like super early arthritis or CTE. And it's like, yeah, you never got killed in the ring. But, but you at the end of the day, you went in to train one day and you tried to hit a heavy bag once and you like fractured your hand again. And you're like, at this point, it. it's happened so many fucking times. I'm done. I'm never training again. Yeah. I will yeah. spend the next six months getting it to the point where I can like lightly punch a bag and then i'll never like fight for real i mean this is the selection bias problem right of uh of taking probably in a you know i'm I'm leaning on your expertise here but taking an exploited population and training them up and going well these ones made it so they must be the ones that really fought hard and it's like well no they just like happened to survivorship bias is what i meant to say so like exactly you know you get to the top and it's like well the only people that are probably left are the people that are going to stay pretty much no matter what it's sort of like billionaires that never stop working you know like yeah i mean i got here because i worked and it's like well yeah that might be true but like you don't have to keep going a hundred people exactly like you who also never stopped working but just failed yeah they just failed for one and like there's a hundred people under you and like nfl does the same thing where they're like you just work through your injury half the time. And then they'll they'll just train and train and train and train until they blow a serious injury. And then mm-hmm. they're out. And people will like make fun of them. But like at the yeah. end of the day, like football players like break their fingers all the fucking time. And I at mean, the end look of the at day, that dude that just had a short- fucking heart attack on, well, on that's that's a freak accident. It's not it necessarily is, a great example. But, but, a freak but I'm just saying there are a lot of injuries that can come that out. Could of this that could have happened to a guy who fell down the stairs. But the reality is like it's just a one in a billion. I, I'm more concerned with the dozens of people who, after they retire from the NFL, do their fucking Pro Bowl bit in a fucking wheelchair. Yeah. Because yeah. they're destroyed themselves. I mean, and oh, like, you never, it's never an injury that retires you, it's never that ACL you blew. It's just the training that they put you through. And eventually it just catches up to you and you never train again. And you retire in football a hell of a lot earlier than boxing, I even think. You, you're lucky if you fucking hit yeah. your like mid-30s in football. Uh, it d- it, again, it depends on the position. Is really what yeah, it is. Yeah, QBs can but, go a little longer. But... Well, QBs are, have fucking rules that say you can't harm them. So exactly, they're, right. They're sort yeah, of the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> 
Well, it's like a kicker that could be ancient, and it's like, right, yeah, because yeah, if you great. hit the kicker, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. like, but if you're a fucking running back, you're not doing so great running at 35. Running have the shortest, uh, no pun intended, lifespan in the NFL. Jesus yeah. Christ. We yeah. could talk. Wait, wait, lifespan as in within well, is it, well, I just mean like, like no Probably pun intended. Probably late I just, 20s. No, I just meant like as in like playing career. Like they have yeah, okay, the shortest okay. career in football. It usually, yeah, probably if they hit thirty, they're really considered an old running back, uh, because you know you you are putting everything into your legs and knees and getting like every time you touch the ball, you're probably getting you get hit wrecked multiple yeah. times. Oh hell so, yeah! I just yeah. found one that is average NFL player career length by position. So, oh wow, actually some of these are. Way fucking shorter than I thought they would be. Maybe because well, like probably average... like offensive lineman or like cornerback is also pretty. If you're like a designated tackler or a guy whose basically job it is to get tackled, you're you're going to be on the shortest part of the list. Uh well here it says also offensive linemen aren't in exactly in the healthiest body state. So <laughs> we'll put no, them I, up there. I, I think maybe average is just the weird Lyman number here. Maybe I should be going with median. Um, because like no, average I'm... kickers and punters are 4.87 years. That's very yeah, short. That, they so... do fuck up their legs. No, 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 no. So the problem with the list you're reading is that doesn't mean that they're out due to injury. They... Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, just 4.7 leave. years means, oh, this punter sucks. We're getting a new punter. That's, that can be what it means. Because if you suck, like you have one job, which is to punt you the ball far, perform. and you yeah. can't perform, you're out. They're not gonna. They're not gonna stick around and keep you. You're gonna bounce from team to team, be around three, four years, and then you're gonna be out of a job. So that's the yeah, problem. You, with those. You, you break your toe once, and they just get rid of you because yeah. The problem you can't with fucking your average kick. Who gives is a you shit? are gonna be including people that just like couldn't just make quit it if they were bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know what? I, fired. I think this kind of proves our survivorship thing even more so. Right? Is that like yeah, yeah even you might get into the NFL. And if you do, then like, you know what? Hey, really nice job. Like genuinely very impressive. But like the average person as a running back is yeah. 2.57 years. Oh. That's the average. Like oh, that's and, and like you're yeah, not even so talking like, about like the people that are like good or bad, you know, like I, No, so if you're if fuck, you're dude. if you are the average for a good running back is probably around 9. A bad running back, yeah, you're out after 2 because again, you have He's one job one and if job. they if they yeah. can't find you a place on special teams, then you're out. Like you practice your whole career to be a running back and if you can't hack it in the NFL because college is wildly different from the NFL, then you're just out. Yeah. We'll see you later. I imagine wide receivers kind of like that too, where it's not like if you're if you're a person whose basic job it is to tackle, there's a couple of positions they can shuffle you around into. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if, no, you're, if you're a running back, if you're a wide receiver, oh, if you're well, a quarterback, well, the there's thing, nothing when, when, they can do to move you. Well, it's kind of funny you say that, though, because it is it is a – well, it's something I just learned recently. But if you keep dropping the ball as a wide receiver, say, like in college or something, mm -hmm. they'll make you a defensive back, um, like, a, oh. like a, a cornerback. Because I get that. you, you I have get the that. route running and you have the speed. You just don't have the hands. But you can break up a pass because your job is not to – necessarily catch it like for an interception sure yeah. but they'll move you to db and then if you fail there well then yeah there's probably yeah. nothing Where, whereas there's no special job for the guy who catches the running yeah. back and that's not to say there are plenty of people in college or in high school that start out as quarterback or tight end and then get moved in the position and then eventually you find well, it yeah, but if you don't high school yeah if you don't find college. it by the time you're in college because some people even switch in college like some people were quarterbacks in college and then got switched to wide receiver like in their last year and then 
played pretty well in the NFL as a wide receiver. That's, like it, that's pretty nuts. But yeah, yeah it, I get it happens. It's just when you're younger, you can probably do a lot more things, but you have to kind of find your niche by the time you you hit your yeah. last year in college or you hit the NFL because they're not going to take too much time trying to figure you out because you're going to be worth real money. They're not there money. to train you. Yeah, they're, they're going to be worth real you. money. They're going to be paying you real money uh, to be you better. You better already be like – yeah, some, I, I, yeah, especially from college, like you're basically already one of the best. Yeah, because the, 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 the number of people who go from college to NFL is fucking slim. Uh, so you know, crazy enough, it just depends on the college like Alabama yeah, and does. like all the, like the big four colleges. They'll send like 33 to 50 percent of their team to the NFL, whether or not they get drafted. OK, but they they go in and apply. To be well, part that, of I, I mean drafted too. Yeah. Like that's well, yeah. So you, uh, how many? What is the NFL? How many? Uh, how many NFL players? Because there's a number. I don't know. Um, I mean, I on. think this. I think this is the thing I'm driving at too. While you're yeah, two hundred. So there's two hundred and fifty nine total picks in each NFL draft. So every year there are only two hundred fifty nine people drafted, and then there are undrafted free agents that do get picked up and are actually pretty good. But yeah, I mean. A year, there's like 259, and there are more than that applying to go to the NFL. And some of them don't make it, and they'll go back to college and try to get better, or otherwise they, you know, that's it. They found out that their dream is a bust. And yeah, I mean, so I, I think we're doing. Or you become Deontay Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I, I think we're just doing like proving another capitalism, right? We're like, I, I increasingly I can't blame someone that makes it to the end of their career in this and going. Right, but it could work for you because they have to clear so many hurdles to be able to do this. So by the end, you have to convince yourself that what you did was right. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, you it's, have to like make it into college. You have to uh, make it into the right college. You have to make it into the draft. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people going into MMA and boxing from football because oh, right now football is the premier meat grinder yep. of producing like physical specimens. And then when you fail out of football, well, you don't have any other skills. So you got to do some kind of sport. And a lot of the other sports are too specialized. But you can get into boxing and MMA and just walk in and be decent by being a physical specimen. And, and really, ironically, it's kind of like, um, who was that one guy who played like, was really good at football and uh, baseball. Bo Jackson, or whatever. Oh, yeah. Buddy. yeah, Bo Jackson. Bo freaking Jackson was yeah. a like, stud. like that doesn't that does not really happen in I these want, other sports. I, I won an anime based on Bo Jackson's life because it is oh, astounding. I'm sure it's there, and I'm sure it's <laughs> dumb because knowing <laughs> oh. it, knowing anime, they would try to make it cool in ways that are less cool than reality. Because Bo oh, Jackson well, yes. is probably <laughs> way cooler than the anime version of Bo <laughs> Jackson. If okay, I know where... anything from anime. Where is my Pat Tillman, um, you know, anime? That that's really what. Yeah, I want. yeah. But like, like that kind of shit doesn't happen. But in fight sports, it's a lot more common. A lot more common. Huh. A lot of really high end boxers, most of which were, you know, like legacies. They've been doing it their whole life. But the age is getting older and older. Boxers already start kind of old, and like you saw with Francis Ngannou, he started when he was twenty six. That's yeah, old. I mean, that, that is. That's. I was boxing. so surprised. And that was boxing. Was. He went from yeah. boxing to MMA after that. He well, started no, MMA. Apparently when he he was like, he he like tried for boxing. Hold on, I got the exact thing here. Um, yeah. He says uh, 
Being a fan of Mike Tyson, Ngannou was originally interested in learning how to box, but Lopez saw the potential in MMA and convinced him to do MMA instead. So, like, yeah, exactly. he just went right to MMA. Well, but, right, but the point is, is, like, like at 26. Oh, no, sorry. He, he did try to pursue professional boxing. I mean, no, he man. did. You were right. Yeah, he My trained bad. it. I was he trained it. Yeah. And, so, I mean, at the end of the day, it comes over, like, you have to know how to box to do MMA. But, like, the real point here is that, like, he started at 26, 26. Yeah, that's late, dude. That's late as fuck. And that it's happening a lot more, where these people are coming from yeah. other sports where um, they are just, like, really good physical specimens. I, I think um, the guy who, uh, Holyfield, the guy who uh, Mike Tyson bit the ear off of, he was football. He was huh. football, and then, but he, like, kind of washed out of football in, like, high school, college. And it's like, what else am I going to do? Well, boxing can also make you a lot of money. And it can also make you really famous. And it can pull you out of poverty. And when you're a fucking goddamn beef tank, well, you'll fit right the fuck in. You'll you'll be that one heavyweight guy in the boxing gym. And again, like going back to what we said earlier, it's a cultural thing where yeah, yeah. we produce a lot of fucking huge ass dudes thanks to football. And they got sometimes they go do boxing. So we have a hell of a lot more heavyweights than a lot of other places do. Because when some big ass fucking giga tank dude walks in and says, hey, I'm here to box. You don't tell him to lose weight. He'll rip your goddamn head off. <laughs> also, he did football, so he's already pretty fucking lean, unless he was a lineman, and linemen don't do anything except eat and die of a heart attack. They get in the way. Yeah, but like, yeah, no. It, if if some guy and like like you know like uh, Deontay Wilder, like some guy who's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough to be a wide receiver. Well, I'm still six four two twenty. You're going to tell me to lose weight? Fuck no. I already look like a goddamn string bean. I'm like the strongest fucking thing alive. And when I walked <laughs> into this boxing gym and like punched mitts for the first time, I was hurting people's wrists. So you're like, all right, you got a career. Does he know how to box? Barely. Barely. Deontay Wilder boxes not like a drunken master, but like a guy who just doesn't know how to box. But it doesn't matter <laughs> because the second he touches you with his right hand, you die. You die through your fucking guard. He knocks people out through their fucking guard. It's disgusting. I mean, that's what I learned about the uh, the Dempsey roll, is that you just hit someone until their guard opens up a little bit and then make sure that their nose is somehow in their face. Mm -hmm. In their face. Yeah, in their face. Like, in their face and through their face and into the back of their face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say uh, on... I was going to say Hajime Nuipo, but I guess boxing is more likely what we were actually talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, as the producer said, oh, yeah, anime. Um, I don't know. I mean, Mike, I don't know. You, what's your take, dude? Oh, no, I really enjoyed it. It just makes me wish and long for an anime about a sport that I actually care about, like, as in-depth as, you know, Jay does boxing. And I know that I'll probably never get that, so it saddens me to a certain degree. Yeah. I don't uh, even know what I would get at this point that would that would like. I mean, I guess I just don't like sports enough for that. I mean, football could be fun. I I understand football enough to be able to at least appreciate it. Um, I used to watch it a lot whenever I was a kid. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, you know, not not everybody watches sports. I think that's okay, but. Oh, it just no, you don't. Me you out. don't think that's okay? Because everything, I've heard, well, everything you complain we were, about it all the time. Everything we were talking about, it's just like, man, I just frick, I would just love to see, you know, all of these. And also, it made me think about how I feel like there are moments in actual boxing that couldn't. Well, a, I would like to see boxing with, you know, heavyweights since we have Hajime. But imagine like heavyweights. But also, there are moments cool. in boxing that are so cool in real life that 
you I don't know that you could translate to anime just because of how simple it looks. And the biggest one is when George Foreman came back at 46 and was fighting um uh, Jay, what's his name? The Michael I don't something? remember his yeah. Oh, I don't remember his name, but uh George Foreman was an old 80s boxer who had a reputation for being like one of the hardest punchers in all of boxing. And after he got beat real bad by Muhammad Ali, he basically like shut down as a person and quit. And he didn't oh, box there it again. Is. For Michael like... Michael Moore, a 26 year old. Okay, yeah. so George Foreman quits for a while, comes back at 45. Okay, he's 45 years old and he's fighting a 26 year old. Oh, he and has he... a whole run before that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he no, starts laying that, people is, out again. Yeah, this is the culmination though. So it all culminates in this fight, and it's it was insane because I watched it. Because for however many fights it was, Michael Moore was keeping his distance and jabbing and just like getting his shots in at George. Because if you get too close, you probably get knocked out. And yeah. it was like right near the end of the fight, he just steps a little too close, and you just you just see boop, and then he's knocked out. Like, it almost it just, looks like a boop. It does. Yeah, and it does George not Foreman look. It doesn't look like George Foreman tried at all. But you can tell that the severity of that punch was was earth shattering. Yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> he goes down. He doesn't get back up. Yep, it's it's insane. But like you couldn't really do that in anime because it's it's kind of it's climactic, but also kind of anticlimactic with how easy he just went. Boop. Okay, he's knocked out. I'm 46 years old, and I'll take the title now. And he wins the title. Isn't the unified WBA, IBF, and lineal heavyweight championship titles? That's like what the, he won. The gif I the gif I have of uh, Deontay Wilder right now. Like he sucks at boxing. He winds up his punches. <laughs> like he telegraphs everything. Doesn't fucking matter. He hits, he touches you, and you just die. That's it. And and the thing is, like George Foreman, huge, huge fucking guy, built like a tank. Deontay Wilder looks like like just your average like high school kid who wants to play football. He's ripped. He's shredded. He looks strong. But he's he's heavyweight and he's barely over two hundred pounds. He's like usually the lightest person in the room, and he's scrawny looking, and he just you know, kills people. Now that I'm like actually paying attention to this gif, like I was watching, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like he broke his guard open. That was like because again, I was thinking of the Dempsey roll again. But now that I'm looking at his right arm coming in, I mean, you're right. He's not even really that far back when he starts winding up. I mean it. I yep. I mean again I don't know that much about boxing but this hit doesn't look like it should knock this guy out but the dude is clearly but, knocked out. But the thing is, is if you look very very carefully you see it hits him like right under the nose yeah, and you yeah. see his hair in the back flip up that means his brain rocked around in his skull. Yeah 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 I'm just like complimenting he, he, the punch you know But like no but, I, but like that's the thing like that's that's the like perfection because at the end of the day mm -hmm. you'll see people in boxing who just get ripped in the head and they eat it and they eat it, and it doesn't look like anything happened. And then someone else will throw a punch, like this George Foreman clip, and it looks like nothing happened. It looks like he just threw the fight. But if you watch carefully, you actually see that it hits him right on the edge of the chin and rakes his head all the way to the side. It's insane. Yeah. It's so God casual. Damn, you're right. This looks so fucking not now, a big deal. Now, it's slowed down a little bit. It's slowed down a little bit. Mike, That's is this the one like you were bop, talking bop, about, yeah. though? Yeah, not a but, but yeah, that's the one. He won the world title on that punch. That's what I mean. Dude, uh, you can even like, I know this isn't on purpose, but the way I'm like watching, it looks like he's smirking while he's doing it. He's just like, oh, all right, here you go. The like, guy wakes up for a second and falls unconscious again. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. He's, he puts up his head. He's like, nope, nope. Like his brain is shutting him off. 
Hey, what the hell happened to Ali? Where did did he like just decide to retire at some point? Like I don't I don't know his story. Uh he got old and bad. Started losing. Oh, well, all right. Also, so, they say he got Parkinson's, but let's all be honest with ourselves. He got CTE. Yeah. I posted uh, the clip of it live there, guys. Genetically, so there's no reason for him to have had like super late onset <laughs> Parkinson's. And everybody knows that late CTE looks exactly like Parkinson's. Mm. He had CTE. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I I, to be honest, I was worried one of you guys were going to be like, oh, yeah, I mean, just like, you know, political hit job. Because, like, he was no. not popular politically. And oh, it no, not he, he went to jail. Killed him. He went oh, to jail okay. for protesting the Vietnam War. But when yeah, he, he came back, go. he had some of his biggest fights. So he, he, wow. he clawed his popularity back after that. Okay, cool. But you, I mean, you have to remember that, like, back in the day, Muhammad Ali was a heel. His whole thing was, like, people were supposed to hate him. Huh. Okay. He he would make fun of people. He would call them honestly kind of racist things all the time. He he would just call you call you dumb and stupid, and he would just say a bunch of bodacious like, you know what what they call that? Like he would just be an asshole all the time. Yeah. And I really know very little about him. Know, I know sell he was the like fight. political, but that's about it. But he would always win. So and now you know deep down he was a pretty decent person who, you know, had some things to say. But like you have to remember like when this came out like. He protested the Vietnam War and became Muslim and changed his name. Like, yeah. that's that's not a winning PR move in the fucking 60s and 70s. Yeah, I mean, the that's, 70s. that's why I was worried that he just got fucking killed, dude. Like, it's not a... Well, he like, wasn't important enough. But yeah. at the end of the day, like, he went to jail for protesting the Vietnam War. That's as much of a political hit as he got. Yeah. Because okay. let's be honest, plenty of people skipped out on the fucking Vietnam War. But Muhammad Ali went to jail. Yeah, right, right. Let's be let's be honest. That that's not for no reason. No, I I agree. All right, that was done to him on purpose. Well, since I'll never get a good sports anime, let's at least rank this one in our list. Um, All right. I mean, this seems like a pretty good sports. Well, I meant of a sport that I really (laughs) want to delve into. This is amazing sports anime and the best. I wanna. I want to first switch Odd Taxi with Initial D. Because I'm not going to let it happen. I refuse. All right. All right. Then I 100% you ready for need Epo to be above Initial I, D. Okay, okay, check this out. You ready? I'm ready to move Odd Taxi above Initial D. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it, well, Odd it's, ta- it's 2v2. And you, as you're getting sit down. It is 2v2, and it's fine. I'm fi- it's fine. It's our initial impressions. Like It's not an insult to Odd Taxi. I do feel bad that it's sitting down there at 5, and now I'm going to feel even worse now that it's sitting down there at 6. I, I, so we talked about this right before. But it's sitting below some goats, right? and it's fine. Well, that's the thing, though. We have you know Paranoid Agent and Helsing Ultimate, so if they somehow rate better than Odd Taxi, at best, Odd Taxi is 6th. So I like, have you... doubts that you guys are going to like Paranoia Agent more than Odd Taxi, and I really doubt you guys are going to like Helsing Ultimate more than Odd Taxi. But I don't care. Oh, You're going to watch okay. it anyway. Well, I think I'm going to like Helsing Ultimate more than Odd Taxi Helsing for sure. Ultimate is fucking Yeah, no, amazing. I 100% think that's like going to be up there. I, you know, when, when everybody talks about anime being like crazy weird and like not for everyone, they yeah, talk yeah. about JoJo, they shouldn't. They should talk about Helsing Ultimate instead. Because JoJo is positively appetizing and like approachable compared to Helsing Ultimate. Helsing yeah, like Ultimate I've seen it. I've seen fucking a weird. Good bit of Helsing. I'm just excited to have a reason to yeah. finish all of it in one sitting. So. Oh, it's a masterpiece. But. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. But so like even I mean we'll talk about it when we get to the end of the list. But I mean, Odd Taxi is going to be you know probably 
fifth or sixth or seventh, no matter what. Well, we've so. only got two more. It's Paranoia Agent, yeah. then Helsing, and I don't know. Uh, let me let me check Crunchyroll right now, but I don't think they've even come out with the next, you know, like wave. I don't know either. So wait, where are you guys currently trying to put Hajime no Evo? Oh, are we you, do, we do I want it. Ab- I want it above Initial D. 100%. Yeah, that's fine. Yes. I oh, will, I'm fine I will with slot that. Yeah, there. absolutely. Hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. percent. Yeah. I just feel I bad totally that Initial D that. becomes five and Odd Taxi Honestly, I six. think it's better than Gunkutsuo, but that's just really we can talk about yeah. that. We can. Do I you, do. I don't think it is, but you can. Well, think that's fine. That. No, 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 we can. We can keep. It Who else up. thinks that? Oh, stick to your guns. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, I don't. I don't think it is. You know what? Okay, I I have a bias. And I'm fine with this. Like, I, I, I think it's important. If you asked me, do you want to watch, like, a political drama or watch something about sports, I would always pick political drama. So, to me, if you if you have, like, Gankutsuo versus Hajime, then I'm going to pick Gankutsuo just Listen, on, like, a genre basis. I won't be a hypocrite. So, it's 2-2, two, two, so we'll just leave it below Gankutsuo. You know? Okay. Wait, I think two, that's two. fair. As in, you know, the producer oh, the said five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's fine. I'll leave it. I'll leave it below. Gankutsuo. Just so that I don't look like a hypocrite by keeping initial D where it is. I definitely want to revisit this once we like get to our last episode, though, because like I've definitely. Yeah, is there any way to put Bakano further down on the list without changing anybody else's numbers? <laughs> no, man. Because that's, yeah. that's really where I'm at. I just wanted that to. That is be the I problem. Have not change my opinion on Bakano. King of the Hill. <laughs> put King of the Hill above there. There yeah, you go. Hill, uh, King Uh-oh. of the Hill is much better than Bacano. I mean, God, I fucking hope so. I might put that shit above Chainsaw Man. No offense. Uh, how is that offensive? King of the Hill is actually <laughs> how, good. Is, how is that offensive? <laughs> Literally anything is better than Bacano. Yeah, pretty much. The the new remake of of uh, Bash the Stampede it goes above Bacano. Oh, have you watched that yet? <sighs> I want to vomit. I, I'm so, so upset they bad. made it. Oh, so you? Have and I don't even it. care. I don't even care about the CG. I care about. Like the character sucks. Oh yeah, ass. The, the hot boys. Okay. Wait, is it out now? Is it actually the, the first? I think episode it has an out. episode. Yeah. Oh my god! I had Don't some friends it. talking okay. about it. They're like, "Oh, I'm so excited!" I'm like, "Why?" Wait till I come this, visit. This shit is nasty. Yeah, I don't want people to watch this without me. Because, or we can just. Watch I mean, we can just put it on the online. pod. Yeah, I just. Frick, I would man. absolutely ruin All myself. Right. Our producer wants us to wrap it, so we will. Anyway, next week, Paranoia Agent, the movie. The following, Helsing Ultimate, the super movie. Paranoia Agent is not a movie. Uh, it says... It you says will it suffer. Is. It is not a movie. It's not a movie. It's, it's not like a 12 movie? episodes. Oh, okay. Well, it's going to feel like a movie. Fine. Paranoia Agent, the series, um, and then Helsing Ultimate, the super movie. Uh, and so, yeah, we're coming down There's to the end of our vacation. There's 13 episodes. You're going to fucking suffer. I'm starting to get very sad uh, that we're, our vacation is ending. I that's, Oh, it's gonna be tough to go back to the garbage that is. If you if you want a little tickle tease, uh, there's a series that we're probably gonna have to look at called "Chilling in My 30s After Getting Fired from the Demon King's Academy." Oh, so just remember, really, enjoy enjoy really your vacation are while running it lasts, out of things brother. For people to do and be, aren't they? Chilling in my thirties, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Doing their best. Oh, that's campfire cooking in another world with my absurd skills. There is no (laughs) escape. (laughs) Oh my God! Look at the size of her breasts. They're uh, huge. What am I looking at? Let's just uh, end on a good note, guys. And uh, remember to enjoy your vacation, motherfucker. Enjoy your vacation. The days wind down. Uh, There is no. There is no. It's back to Sisyphus after we're done with this.
Well, I keep pushing that boulder. <laughs> push that boulder up. Got a little break in the nice little hot spring, but back to the boulder pushing. That's All right. right, mother. Well, thanks for man. hanging with us. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. You and that itchy trigger finger. When you gotta go, brother, you gotta go. Inkeeper! Remember, get the shepherds, not the marshal.